0: Welcome to Hoopsology. My name is Justin Goodrum and along with Matt Thomas, our goal is to bring you quality basketball content from all over the Hoops world. Before we jump into the show, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast to receive our latest episodes from journalists, authors, athletes from all over the basketball world. If you have a comment or question, please email us at hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Now enjoy the show. She is the co-host of the Spinsters podcast. We now welcome Haley O'Shaughnessy onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Haley?
1: It's going great. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on to the show. And first of all, we we love talking to Jordan earlier this year and uh, big fans of your your podcast. I think it's so different than all the other kind of NBA podcasts out there. So I think it's great NBA content for everybody to check out. So one of the things I was prepping for this interview, and I think a lot of guests we have on the show, we like to get where their basketball fandom comes from. So the first question I got for you is, what is your favorite basketball memory or your first basketball memory that comes to mind?
1: Oh, that is tough. The first one that comes to mind is, I don't know how old I was, but we, my whole family are Louisville fans. And probably the very first is like, old old well you know you have like young memories and then you have ones where you can actually remember what's happening it was like a david Paget steal. so that's like that's very niche louisville memory but yeah nice. yeah and those were like my growing up those were my primary memories because that was our huge fandom i wasn't even really an nba fan until later on all of them, young louisville terrence williams yeah um yeah, David Padgett, Francisco Garcia is one
0: of my favorites. What shifted? What changed from you know being kind of a diehard college basketball fan to you know being an NBA fan? The games are they're they're different. They're it's kind of polarizing. It's kind of either you like the pro game or you or you like the college. You know, what, kind of where do you what? What happened in kind of crossing kind of the, the boundaries there?
1: It was Kevin Durant. <laughs> I, yeah, I was. Mm. Uh, In my, I think I had to have been like seventh or eighth grade when he got drafted. But if you're a college basketball fan, it's just inevitable. Some players are so good. You have to follow them, see what happens with their careers. And I just could not, there was no way I was going to stop watching him. I had no connection to him, obviously, as Texas. And Louisville then didn't really produce a lot of NBA players. So I had never had much of um, a reason to follow it before. But with Kevin Durant, I was like, okay, I've, I've got to watch him. You start watching the NBA, and I was sold, you know. So it was, it was so much fun in such a different way than college basketball. I still love college basketball, but for different reasons. The NBA is, uh, just blew me away.
2: Any particular, you know, characteristic or thing about Kevin Durant's game that was, that was the main draw?
1: I've never seen anybody who looks like him do what he does, mm. ever. And still today when I see him – Uh, I think it's just, it's so, it's so the, the length and the skill are both so egregious and don't necessarily fit each other. I've never felt like it made a lot of sense how he plays, how he's able to play. Um, but I just think he, he's two extremes that don't normally go together in, um, size and makeup. And then also in skill, it's usually you don't find those in one person
2: totally totally it's funny i i've had a similar uh, kind of trajectory. I mean, I was a young NBA fan, like the Michael Jordan days and stuff. Justin and I are both very young during the nineties. Um, but I had a similar thing like following LeBron around because I remember him being, uh, a senior in high school. I think, I think it was our junior year, Justin, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, but anyway, I, I do remember, yeah. you know, following him to different teams. I, I had kind of that built in loyalty he had, have you had the same sort of thing with Kevin Durant? As he's, you know, there's been a lot of controversy, obviously, uh, around his career and the the moves that he's made. Have have your feelings kind of stayed the same for him throughout that?
1: Yeah, because it's just been a baseline admiration, and I've never thought that him leaving it it those are never turnoffs for me because I uh, don't have team loyalty. So maybe it's a bit different for me. But no, actually, for me, it was LeBron as well. Because once you get exposed to the league, you get the bearings of everybody. And I still love watching Katie so much. But there was just something about LeBron. I He's so magnetic. What he does, does is so amazing that there's some memories that I'll just never be able to shake how I felt watching him do those things. And I just like, core basketball memories for me. So it's actually
0: LeBron for me as well. Haley, can you kind of go over the, the origin of the spinsters podcast? Like how did you and Jordan like me, how did the concept of the show, you know, materialize? Because I just love episode by episode. It's, you know, you guys have your banter and then you'll focus on like a different topic with, you know, within the NBA. So how did that come about?
1: Uh, Jordan and I met when we were working at the ringer and I just thought right away, like her WNBA stuff was great. She herself was so funny. And so that's where our friendship began. And the Spencers was, I had gotten hired by blue wire. They said, we want you to do a basketball podcast. And so originally I thought, okay, I'm going to do a weekly podcast. I wasn't sure what, if anything would be different about it. I knew I wanted a female co-host because no offense to you guys you're lovely guys but sometimes i'm just like i want to talk basketball with a woman <laughs> You know <what> I mean? <laughs> hey
2: that's fair um, yeah
1: yeah and that's and <laughs> i don't always get the opportunity to do that especially in the podcast space and so i was doing uh i was having my friends do these like fake run-throughs if that makes sense we get on a zoom i'd pretend i was on a podcast just because i honestly don't have that much experience you guys have more podcasting experience than i do and i Wanted to make sure I knew how to host, how to, you know, whatever. Jordan was one of my victims and that she um, mm-hmm. did like a segment with me and was very sweet about it. And I showed it to my boss because I said, I think that like Jordan's really good. And I was thinking maybe we can have her on as a, you know, very recurring contributor. I wasn't sure what it was, but she had a job. And my boss watched it and he was like, she's the one. Like, you've got to ask her to be your co-host and so that's um how that originated and i still remember calling her i was in my mom's front yard because it was like last december no it couldn't have been it was like last january february and i was um with my mom at the time because of the pandemic and i told her hey do you remember that thing we did what if you were the full-time coach? I just like blacked out. And I remember thinking she's going to think that I'm crazy for even asking her this, but she was in. Um, and that's actually, that's Jordan. Like if you ask her to do something, she's down to do it. She's so energetic and she's like a yes man. And she's, I mean, she just did three by three um, for right. FIBA. She did the yeah. announcing. I was talking to her right before it. She's like, yeah, I've never done this before. I never put myself out that way and do like announcing for a tournament. I mean, it was FIBA, but then she killed it. Like I was streaming it all weekend. She was so good at it. So that's very Jordan. And that's why Spencer's is as good and dynamic as it is. Our conception of it kind of was happening a bit before Jordan, but then also Jordan was inspired a lot of it. And what we wanted to do was something that's more like, magazine style but audio so like you alluded to we have every tuesday we have a conversational episode it's me and jordan talking and then every thursday we have even either an interview um or we have a like a storytelling episode where we have someone come on um today actually we released one with natalie weiner and she did a story about uh WNBA players having to play overseas and the best thing for me is that I get to ask people who I admire or people who are my friends to come do these stories for me, for us, for the show. And then I, I said me, cause it feels like I'm being so indulgent on this. I'm like, not, you know, all of my, these people I've looked up to for so long, like are getting to, you know, I'm getting to like pod with them. Um, and Natalie's story today was talking about all of these questions I had. I didn't even know how, international teams were able to pay the women more like in my mind it didn't make sense it felt like the U.S. was the best basketball country right it should surely be able to produce the most money so she went into that she went into um what's the W doing to to stop it is it all a take and no give you know how's this impacting players health how's it impacting the product in the W so right now this is like us living out our dream I'm hoping we only get to do crazier stories and more ambitious stuff. And we have a lot of things planned, but yeah, the origins are, it's wild looking back on it. Now we started the show in March because it's everything I wanted it to be. You know, I have a great coast. I have Jordan. We have so much fun. I get to interview people and we also get to do storytelling, which is was my favorite part. um, You know, being a writer, of course, is doing storytelling. So That's yeah. I mean, it's the origin story, but it's also really manifested
0: very well. So I'm,
1: I'm really happy right now.
0: (laughs) What is your vibe heading into this season in terms of you, you mentioned starting the podcast in March or with the NBA, you know, we're still dealing with like no fans now, you know, we're dealing with we got vaccine controversy. Fans are fully back. Uh, we have this whole Ben Simmons drama. You know we have you know just six Hall of Famers on the Lakers. All what's going on with the Nets? What's kind of your vibe going into this season? I've heard kind of both ways: massive excitement, kind of massive dread in terms of like this season, the foregone conclusion. The Nets and the Lakers are going to be in the finals. Kind of where's your vibe heading into the season? A couple of weeks away.
1: I don't think things are so certain. Um usually in any other season let's go pre-pandemic if we these were the rosters and it was just copy and paste and there was nothing else going on i think yeah it would be nets i'm not so sure about the lakers i want to say i am sure about the lakers but i'm not because it's there's still there it's the same you know two of their best players are still incredibly injury prone and One of them is a year older. I mean, they're both a year older, but everyone gets a year older. But one of them it really matters. Um, Of course, Matt, we're not going to talk about it because we love him. But, yeah, he's older. And, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like Chris Paul. I'm just waiting for the year where he really slows down. Chris Paul blew me away this last year. LeBron really has never had that dip. Except for recently, I think that the same exhaustion – that faced players last year is going to face them this year. I'm not sure actually what the testing protocol is. I'm sure they're still testing even the vaccinated players, but I'm not sure how often that was a huge thing last year. I don't think a lot of people realize where all the exhaustion came from, but their schedules were condensed so they could finish on time. They were flying all across the country um, more like, erratically than they had before. And they were also having to get up really early to get um, a COVID test every morning. And so let's say that you get in from, you know, the game is over at 10 and you go back to your hotel room and you get there at 1030 and then you have to do your stretches or whatever. maybe that comes before. I've heard stories from players where it's like they get back at midnight the next morning, you have to get up and get tested. So I think some of that will still carry over this year. And then the X factor, maybe the X factor is not the right word because it's just the thing that could potentially go wrong instead of potentially going right. Is I truly think health and that includes vaccinated players and maybe it's not a a matter of them being infected or not, but rather them being allowed to play in their arena and their state or not.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting and yet so relatable in ways that we don't often get to relate to these professional athletes because I think I think all of us have that sort of COVID fatigue and, and that's you know regardless on everyone's different opinions on on things that are going on with this. Uh, so it's to me interesting to see this play out in you know an in entertainment industry. That we're all watching and and commenting on. Um, and, and I think, you know, case in point is like NBA Media Day. I think this it, it almost felt to me like this all came to a head where this was kind of the NBA media's chance to comment on some of these things that were going on. And and obviously it's a main story. Everyone's concerned about the health and well-being of the league and having a season, et cetera. Um What do you what were your main takeaways from NBA media day and the way that you saw other media members uh, reacting with all of this that's that's going on?
1: It's hard. I mean, like you said, we don't always get to see ourselves or I guess just society at large reflected so much in the pool of players that the NBA has. I think the same is to be said for media Um, and the way. There were, I think I was disappointed and encouraged by both groups, by various people in both groups. Um, I think media has a tendency to overstep, but mm. this is an interesting situation because mm-hmm. it does affect whether or not a player will be able to play. Um, I think the most upsetting thing for me uh, during media day was sure misinformation is getting spread but the pride with which it was you know be some of this was being said um i think a bit of it was disrespectful from the media but also from their challenges but also from players to everybody not just nba um personnel and employees but everybody who has been affected by covid or lost someone to COVID, or has gotten sick um by it there's there's just it's a more of a sensitive thing and I wish it would have been handled a bit more sensitively Uh, it's not just like we're going in and asking the same questions about how's the defense going to get better you know this is actually like a, a serious public health matter so I was a bit disappointed on both sides but also encouraged because we had you know statements like I think it was Damian Lillard right who said um that he he wanted to get vaccinated because he had people in his life that he wanted to protect. He wanted to, um, I can't remember if he was the one who said something about uh, it being, you know, better for the public, but he, he certainly had something that I thought was, uh, you know, if you're going to be asked about it, that's the answer I'd like to hear. But, you know, overall it was just kind of, it was, it was very, it took me aback because it's very atypical.
0: Haley, I want to ask you, are there any players that you're watching this upcoming season that like the mainstream sports media are not paying attention to. Are there any, but anybody on your radar that you're like, man, I can't wait to see them play? That like no one's really focusing on, or you just focus on like kind of the big teams. What how Durant and Kyrie how they're going to mesh? Because really, it's just been so weird. They're tenured in Brooklyn so far, just due to the pandemic and just Kyrie missing all these games. Are are there any other storylines that you're watching that the typical casual NBA fan might be missing?
1: Scary Terry, baby. <laughs> No, but really, I think the Hornets are going to be really fun, and the Grizzlies. I do think that maybe they've transcended last season. They transcended to, uh, you know, even if you just get TNT, ABC, ESPN. I think that those teams have still stood out because they're so fun. It's mm-hmm. uh, interesting to see also, you know, this is funny to pair them together after the playoffs, but I think the Hawks and the Knicks are in yeah. sort of the same boat, Are they going to be able to take this momentum and their younger players and move forward and push forward and go further? Or are they going to, you know, either stay the same, which would still be good for both franchises, or are they going to regress? And I am worried that the Knicks are going to regress. I also think that although the Nuggets are a favorite, um, well, they're not the favorite, but they are favored to do well. uh, I do think that they will surprise people as well.
0: They're a weird team. Like every year I feel like (laughs) I want to pick the Denver Nuggets to go to the NBA Finals, but like I have a sick feeling in my stomach something bad's going to happen like last year. No,
1: I know, but I (laughs) I think the thing for me that, that encourages me with them is that I think there are more parallels just in terms of improvement and nothing else between Jokic and Giannis than we realize. Giannis got better every year consistently and he won the title. I genuinely think, although Jokic is not, um, you know, you can't maybe physically see the improvements because his his body is just not shaped that way. Um, I do think that he's just improved every year. I've watched him. If, you know, when Jamal Murray comes back and he's, you know, he's older, I just think it's going to be a really tough combination. That's also though. They're what third best player. I made a joke about this on Twitter, and it did not. People were like, "Michael Porter Jr. is one of their best players." I was just like trying to make a joke.
2: <laughs>
1: he's also he said he's not going to get vaccinated, which is not a surprise to anybody. But it does mean that when he travels to New York, and then what was the other state? San There's-
2: Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Yes,
1: yeah, so games he's going to miss. I also think that as the year goes on, the NBA or individual teams or even states might begin to also have mandates. So this might change. We might um, you know, through the season, it maybe well, I was gonna say Florida. Florida's not doing this. <laughs> 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 maybe, you know, maybe there's some other states that are gonna do this as well and it's gonna prohibit him from playing in big games where they really need him. Let's say it goes statewide in California. Okay. So not only is this happening now with the Warriors, it's the Lakers and Clippers. So that will be fascinating if everything holds and stays the same. This means that in the playoffs, like a Kyrie, for example, would not be able to play in the games where he has home court advantage. I just do not see this staying the same the rest of the year. I don't know what's going to change, though. But yes, the Nuggets are very interesting to me. They do have that issue, though. They have the Michael Porter Jr. issue.
2: (laughs) What's your feel on uh, another kind of polarizing team, the Utah Jazz? Um, I kind of chided them a little bit in being a, uh, a cute one seed. And and yes, that was intentional. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I don't root against any team, really. I, I'm a lover, not a hater. I, I want to see everyone do well, but there's only one champion at the end of the year, of course. Um, do you think the Jazz are... Are on their way down i mean it's it's interesting you have a different mix of players now but you also have donovan mitchell on the on the rise still a very young very awesome talented capable player from louisville um what's your feel for that team and where they're going
1: well if they if they do any better it means that he's taken an enormous personal leap Because I think right now, just the way the team is structured um, with Rudy and let's say Donovan stays the same, I think it's gone as far as it can go,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is great. I mean, they're going to the playoffs, you know, but I I don't think that push is going to happen unless he has an incredible year personally, Um, which has been the story really for his entire time in the NBA, right? He's It's been his personal improvement has led the team. Um, you know, the, with the first year where he came in and he was like, "Forget Gordon, I'm here," and he really shocked everybody. And his personal triumphs have been Utah's triumphs. So I think um, unless he has an incredible year, this they're going to stay pretty stagnant, if not regress.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, one last question: um, What what would be your ideal, like what you're rooting for for a Final Four? for the NBA playoffs way down the road from now. What do you think would be best? Um, the, you can take this any way you want it. Um, what would you like to see for for a Final Four this year?
1: I want the Nuggets in there. And I think the Lakers as well, because there's a lot of interesting matchups. You have to say the Nets. Like I said earlier, ne- you never want to miss a chance to see Katie in the playoffs.
2: It was good last year, even limping yes. through the that's finish camp. line.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. I'm. Th- that's the thing is every time he has a great game, it's, you know, because he has caused a lot of controversy in his career, warranted or not. Um, there's a lot of people who don't like him. And every time he has one of those games on Twitter, it's always it the narrative's the same. It's like, well, you guys can't say anything. There's nothing you can say about this guy. <laughs> um, so I would not want to miss him in the playoffs. And I really enjoyed watching the Bucks last year. I think the Bucks are a fun team to watch. I like watching Giannis do well. I think he's just a nice person to root for. Um, but if we're going larger playoffs, I really – like I think the Hornets are on to something special. I just hope they can build that momentum. This has nothing to do with the Final Four because they're not They're not going that far. I don't think so. Um, but, Yeah. The Hornets, I'm trying to think on the West who I'd really want to see do well. Well, actually, you know what? I, I want to see the Suns yeah. uh, continue and build on what they've already got. That's actually what I'm interested in as well. You asked about um, storylines earlier, Justin.
0: Yeah.
1: Where does Devin Booker take it from here? Yeah. Can he use what uh, Chris Paul has given him by being his wingman and elevate further? Because that's really changed his career, the trajectory of his career has been um, Chris Paul being there alongside him. So I'm interested to see how uh, Devin Booker grows.
0: Haley, this has been awesome. Thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to chat with us. Um, Please let our viewers and listeners know where they can find you on social media, uh, where they can find the Spinster's podcast and anything else you have coming up uh, for the rest of the year as well.
1: You can find Spinsters on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And we also have a Twitter account at SpenstersBW. And I'm on Twitter at HaleyOSomething.
0: Awesome. Thanks, <laughs> Haley, for joining us. Really appreciate the chat.
1: Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Justin.